You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between a fit body and positive mental health. And our big mission, it's to help 10,000 runners to develop fitter minds in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast, where we talk to Sally McLean. She's a local physio and recently went through a cancer diagnosis. She shares with us how running helped her through that time in her life. Enjoy. Today on Fit Mind Fit Body, I am very excited to share with you Sally McLean. Welcome, Sally. Thanks, Michelle. Nice to be here. It's really good to be here. It's good for me, but it's really good that you're here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, I've known Sally for a long time and um, her running and her life as a physio, which we might get into a little bit later, means she comes to the podcast with lots of professional knowledge as well, not just the fact that she um, is a mover and shaker out there and does lots of um, exercise in her personal life as well. So Sal, let's start from where you grew up. Like, Give us a little bit of your background. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I was born in England. My father was from England and came over to Melbourne when I was two and um, grew up in Melbourne, actually. Went to school in Melbourne, went to uni in Melbourne, worked there for three years and then came over to Tasmania for six months to do mm-hmm. a, a locum. Yeah. And now um, I think it must be nearly, what, 30 years later, I'm still here. So, Are you a Tasmanian, uh, do you think? I think I might qualify as a Tasmanian now. I have the I have the advantage that my mother is Tasmanian, and that's sort of why I came over. So that probably gives me a little bit more qualification. Do you but think a bit more street cred? <laughs> that's right, as well. So um, yeah, I never thought that I would live in Tassie. I can remember leaving Melbourne, and I was on the boat with my car packed up, so waving goodbye to my friends and saying, "I'll be back." I can never live in Tassie. It's a nice place to visit, but. At that time, I was really enjoying the, the lifestyle of Melbourne and um, just yeah, going out and actually going into in lots of fun runs and, yeah. and things like that. And I remember when I first came over to, uh, to Launceston to work um, just for six months, I w- it was the time when, it was 1990, so it was a time when airfares were very cheap. Mm. And so if ever there was a reason to go back to Melbourne, it might have been, for example, a fun run, I would yeah. go back. Um, it might have been a party or an engagement or something like that. I would just fly back. But gradually those flights got uh, less less frequent. And um, then I thought, oh, I might stay and see what winter's like. I'd like to see the snow, see Ben Lomond. I got into some bushwalking and stayed a bit longer, stayed a bit longer. Then I met my husband, John, and then I got stuck here. <laughs> and I'm forever, forever grateful. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I do love living in Tassie now. It has lots of advantages and it's been great bringing up um, two children here too which is yeah. really good all that open door open you know outdoors I should say um, activities that we lend ourselves to here in Tassie yeah it's, it's definitely cool. such a good lifestyle for yeah all of those activities and um, yeah and including I mean running it's a great running community as you know and um, yeah I, I mean I, I ran in Melbourne too but it's yeah, I think there's a lot more, a lot more variety, a lot more access to to different types of running yeah. here as well. Did Did you run at school? Um, I did. I feel like I've always I've always enjoyed running, and I did run at school. I was never really any good. Like I just I I enjoyed it, and I would participate and do it, and I would get as as far as say making the the school relay team. But I was never mm-hmm. like representing the school on an individual level. Yeah. I just just enjoyed it, and and um did it for yeah for fun and relaxation and I can remember um my father used to run and and mum and dad were pretty active but they weren't you know weren't competitive but um dad used to go for a jog and so he would put on this red tracksuit I remember as a kid this red tracksuit and our dog would go berserk as soon as the red tracksuit came out (laughs) and so I can remember my early memories of running a running with him running with my father and that was lovely and just going on a little jog around the block. And then my first fun run was with him, with my father, running around Albert Park Lake, oh, which wow. is now, of course, a park run. But that was just a, 
uh, one of the Melbourne fun runs. He said, you want to come along? And we just did a, a lap around the Albert Park Lake. And yeah, I have fond memories of that too. And then um, as I grew up, I just, it, it was just something that I, I just enjoyed doing. And again, I was, I was never really fast, but I just, just liked doing it. And I always enjoyed entering different fun runs. I remember in Melbourne, there was the, the Suzanne 10K Classic. And that was like a, a sponsored by. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that was going way back. So I used to do that. So it was never, in those days, it was never really more than um, five or 10K. And yeah. then when I came to, so just pretty consistent. When it, wherever I worked or wherever I was, I would always try and just link up with, you know, fellow-minded um, runners. I uh, worked at St Vincent's Hospital in Melbourne for yeah. uh, nearly three years and I remember there was a girl there, there were a few of us that used to run and we'd meet at the tan and do, do a, a lap or two of the tan. And one of the girls um, decided she was going to do a marathon. Oh, my goodness, a marathon. Wow. And I was so, I was so impressed. And I thought, oh, that, I want to do a marathon one day. And so I decided, I set the goal that I'd do it. It took me a long time, but I would do a marathon before I was 30. And oh, so I ended up doing one when I was 29. <laughs> I had that same conversation, but it was, I want to do a marathon before I'm 40. And I did it when I was 39. Oh, so. really? That's funny. Yeah. So yeah, it's funny how things work out. Yeah. So I, and I ended up doing that on Rottnest Island because at the time, um, so I came to Tassie and that was in um, 1990. And then yeah, eventually married John and stayed in Tassie, of course. But then I went to Perth for one year to do full-time sports physio study yeah um and at the time at that time the best course was in perth wa so i went over there for one university year and at the time because it was fairly intense study mm. running was a great yeah great re release great yeah. break from that and a lot of that was just on my own i thought oh this would be a good time to do a marathon um to give me a different focus so the marathon that was sort of timed best to suit was um, at the end of the uni year and that was on Rottnest Island and so it was wow. a few laps around Rottnest Island. I was say, it doesn't feel like I've been on Rottnest Island although I was a child it doesn't feel like it was a big place. <laughs> I was trying to no, no not very there. not very big so it was a few laps one in each lap of course had a um, had a hill and I remember we had to, it was a great marathon, great memory. We had to carry a gold coin up the hill to put in, there was a bagpipe player at the top of the hill and we had to put the coin in the bagpipe player's hat. <laughs> wow. And, um, I ran most, a fair way of um, the marathon. I ended up running with a guy who at the time I thought was pretty old and he's probably, he was probably younger than I am now. And he, um, and we just seemed to be the same pace and he was running, I think about his 10th marathon or so. And of course it was my first. So um, he was very supportive and very helpful at just keeping, making sure yeah. we kept on pace and yeah, got through and um, thought, oh, that wasn't too bad. And when I, I was thinking back about that marathon, I was thinking that was, that was in 95. So it was before the time of having goose and, you know, before all of, um, yeah. all of the things that we, we use now. And so I had the, you know, the flat Coke at the end yeah. and um, maybe a few jelly beans. And I had a friend on a bike who was just yeah, passing a few, a few jelly beans and things. But, yeah, it's funny when you think back and now we would have, we would think it was really strange not to have any nutrition or goose. And electrolytes. We, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the electrolytes as we ran a marathon, but yeah, that's, so it's taken me a long time to sort of get a, through a few marathons because I've had, yeah. a, I'd, I'd do one and then I'd have a couple of years off and then thought, oh, maybe I'll do another one. But um, yeah, it's been a slow process, but <laughs> so anyway, I think I might've got sidetracked there. No, no, I love that. I love that story. Um, <laughs> I, I'm interested to hear always when um, someone on the podcast talks about their family and their parents um, having some sort of, you know, running connection to running or, or some other kind of um, sport or, or exercise and what influence that had on you continuing. It was interesting that you brought up that story. You know, the fact that, you know, your dad went out and ran and you can remember going and doing that. And I wonder whether, you know, it's that influence also has helped you continue it through your, in, you know, your life and then the influence you probably have on your children. 
Yeah, it is interesting. I think it has, that's been a positive influence on me with the, with my kids growing up. Um, I was always a bit worried about um, overdoing it. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like, well, maybe, maybe I've put them off. Because um, yeah. I can remember taking, um, I remember offering the kid, offering uh, particularly Jack, my, my eldest, um, an opportunity to go to Little Athletics. And I thought, oh, that'd be really good because I, I never had that opportunity. And I remember wanting to go. And so offering it to him, he went once and didn't like it at all. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's shame. But then um, it's funny. I think in some ways, because I, I love it so much, I think I might have almost put, turned them off. I felt funny? like that when they were at school. Yeah. But now that they're older, they both um, for, yeah, for some form of exercise or relaxation, they will both take themselves out for a run so you know it's not they're not regular but yeah. they they will do it and they know that they feel better for it so yeah. I feel like it's it's like a I guess a um a life hack isn't it in a way yeah. that they they've got that resource if they need it they know that they they can do it and they know yeah. how to go about it and that it actually makes them feel good so I don't so that, think I've totally I don't think I've totally put them off <laughs> it's like the um it's like a tool, like giving them a tool in their toolbox for life, yeah. isn't it? Um, and I know, and the first toolbox that we're ever given is you know, our genetics, but then what we see our parents do, I think. So yeah. if, you, if you can see your parent doing that and as a child, you know, I'm half that, I'm half mum, I'm half dad or whatever, then if your mum or your dad can do that, then even if I don't want to do it right now, I know I can, you know, it's, it's yeah. that kind of that's right yeah exactly they've got it there valuable they've got it there if they need it and they've also seen over the years the example that it sets I think Mm. and they see that it's a positive thing Mm. and I can remember um I I remember once because the the kids you know they'd see that yes it's a positive thing mum always she's in a better mood when she comes back (laughs) from the run and and I remember one day I thought oh this is really telling but um I was, I was in a bit of a grump and Adele said oh mum have you been for a run today yes <laughs> your shoes get out the door I said oh no maybe I haven't <laughs> not that I run every day but yeah it was just interesting that she'd probably noticed I thought I needed to go for a run oh um, that's funny well here yeah, we would we often talk about and you've already mentioned um going for a run when you were busy studying and, and the yeah. relief that 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 had for you, you know, from that pressure of, of running. Have yeah. you found that in other parts of your life? You know, I know that you've um, run a, a very successful physio business in Launceston over the years, so that must have had a lot of pressure and, and had staff and things involved, not to mention personal life and things like that. How have you found running is a bit of a stress relief for the things that have gone on in your life? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, definitely a, a stress release. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, every um oh yeah I mean every time I go for a run I definitely come back feeling better and it is a it's a good way to yeah definitely to deal with stress it's it's interesting though I think um it might be that might not be as strong for everybody because I see um John my husband sometimes when he's really under pressure at work yeah. He finds going for a run just adds to the pressure, adds okay. to the stress for yeah. him. So for him, it might be, you know, maybe um, doing something else, going for a walk or a ride, but it's definitely still the exercise. But I think um, if, if that's something that you enjoy doing, um, even just going for a, yeah, for a walk, it's, it's absolutely a, a great stress release. And I've used it, yeah, certainly throughout my life. It's just sort of automatic without even thinking about it. Um, but I think it, it also, if you're doing it regularly, I think it keeps a more even, probably even tempo in your life. So you're not letting it build up as well. Um, and whether you're going on your own or, or with friends, there's different, yeah, different methods, I guess, of, of releasing the stress, just the physical yeah. side of it. But also then if you're going with someone else, just having a chat and yeah, sorting, out, so you know, isn't it? sorting out the problems <laughs> and things like that, problems of the world and and coming back thinking, yeah, that was that was that feels better. Yeah. Yeah. Life is all in in place now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, um, that's right. When you said then about your husband, about John and, and going out, I wonder whether you know, the, the science actually shows that when we go into nature, because I know that you guys, um, you know, like bushwalking uh, and things like that as well and, and hiking, yeah. um, that the bio something or other, biophilia or something, it's whatever the term is for the, yeah. the trees and, and nature and, and um, how that effect that that has on us as humans. And yeah. That, so that going out and exercising, if you're walking or running or, or riding a mountain bike or whatever, and you're in nature, you get that yeah. extra um, relief, I think. I think that yeah, ab- absolutely. I would agree with that. And that's, that's where John would get his stress release mm. is going on a big bushwalk and yeah, just right. getting out, yeah, getting out for a paddle. But yeah, being in nature, very, um, yeah, very, very therapeutic. Um, this might be a controversial question, asking a physio. <laughs> well, as in you'd be the one who'd be able to answer it. Um, it can you, so if you, I just have this picture of someone who's super stressed and they happen yeah. to be a runner and it makes them run more. So just as like a personal uh-huh. nature, for example, I, um, when in my 20s, when I split up from my first husband, I would just run a lot. And it was like trying to, I guess, mull it, mull it all over. And my mum used to say, what are you running away from? <laughs> so, you know, that kind of thing. And then yeah. that's become a bit of a saying in our, in our house now. But I could see how you could perhaps, you, as a runner already, or maybe some other exercise, you could over-train or over, because you're trying, you, you've got so much going on perhaps in your life. And I assume you would see yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. And that's when, yeah, you can risk, um, you know, physical breakdown with mm. stress fractures or tendon injuries or, or things like that. So it can be a great, a great coping skill, a great um, mechanism to deal with stress, but it, it needs to be, yeah, definitely kept in balance. But if it gets to the point where it's sort of harmful to the body, then there needs to be some other coping mechanisms introduced as well. Yeah, so totally. um, getting that balance. So, yeah, it can be a good adjunct, but if that is not doing enough, then that's when some other interventions would be really mm-hmm. helpful, uh, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, we, we certainly see, of course, people with um, stress fractures and, and tender injuries from people overdoing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be that they're, they're dealing with other things in their life or they they just have that that sort of exercise addiction where yeah. they just want to keep yeah. keep going and keep going and it's very hard then to to pull them back but mm. to say well you know this is for the long haul it's short time grief for a, a long time relief and to be able to educate them about managing their load and that's that's probably the biggest thing in terms of um uh, runners and distance runners is educating people how to manage load mm. so it's not too much not too little because we can underload as well, but enough load to keep the body healthy and to also to be able to deal with just a little bit of an increase at a time, but yeah. not too much at once. And yeah. that's when our bodies just can't adapt quickly okay. enough. Out. <laughs> yeah, we get that breakdown. Yeah. Um, one of the things that we've often talked about on here in our conversations is that um, how to recognise a pain that is an in- here comes an injury versus this is just a bit uncomfortable at the moment because I'm going up a hill or because I haven't run for a long time. And so it's, it's, it maybe it's that trying to be more in touch with your body. I don't know if you've got any tips for how, is that an injury or is that just, you know, we all have little things that have that come and go and often they're not an injury, but sometimes they are. And it's that understanding your body. I I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, yeah, there is a good little mechanism. So you can think of it as, um, say, you get a little niggle or a little pain, a little feeling that you think, oh, that's not quite right, and you might get it while you're running. Um, a good thing, a good system is thinking of the traffic light system. Okay. So you've got red, amber, green. So green might be, um, green, obviously, okay, keep going. Green is like one of those little niggles that you get when you're, say, increasing your mileage, say you're doing your long run, preparation for your marathon and you get a little niggle in your knee and you, you keep going and then and then you start to get a little niggle in your ankle and the knee niggle's gone but the ankle niggle's there and you think oh what's going on there and you and then you and then it might transfer to the hip and that's all in one long run so yeah. that's your body adapting but mm-hmm. when you finish when you stop it's all gone that's mm-hmm. fine so that that would be definitely a green light and then you might get something that lasts a little bit longer 
that you feel it when you finish, you're walking, you still feel it, but the next day it's gone. I would call that an amber light where you just keep an eye on it and it might come back the next run. If that continues and that might escalate then up to a red light, then you need to get, get some attention. The red light is or the one that persists. So you might get pain then again the next morning and that might last for a few days or it comes on, say, you know, three or more runs. Then I think that's more um, something that you need to pay attention to and get onto it early because it's always good to get onto these things early before they become uh, overuse injuries because most of our, our running injuries tend yeah. to be overuse injuries unless we have a fall or you know, trip mm. over or something like that. But I think that's a good little maybe a, um, simplified system to sort mm. of think, okay, where am I on the traffic light system and should I um, then sort of follow up and get attention? Mm. But not to be fearful of a bit of pain when we're running yeah, as long exactly. as it goes yeah. because that's our body's adapting mm. and that's um, normal. That's normal pain and we have sometimes have to load it to then get the help the tissue the tolerance improve mm -hmm. and help the tissue get stronger. So it's all about increasing our our tolerance to um to those distances. And it's bone, muscle, tendon. Yeah. Yeah, that's um it was a that's a great strategy actually. I really like the traffic light strategy. Thank you. That's I'm gonna use right. that myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was really good. Um one of the things that I often think about um, and have read a lot of stuff on is that we, our brains are still, we're still basically the same brain that it was, you know, thousands and thousands of years ago. And so we have this aversion to, um, well, pain in a little bit, but we want to be comfortable because any minute now we might need to in, employ the flight or fright mode and yeah. so we have to conserve energy so that's what our brain is going through like the monkey mind part of it the the bit that's still very um you know, underdeveloped in that way and that whereas and we have this comfortable life now and we don't really need to do anything and we have to physically get ourselves uncomfortable in the exercise world mm. in order for us to have a healthy body because our bodies are actually made to be to be moving um to be getting yeah. food and and not be food for something else um so it's so it's yeah. interesting having to all like it's almost sometimes there's this um friction between yeah. parts of our minds and, and what, yeah, what we want to do and we know is good for us versus yeah, what, yeah that kind of uh That's so when right. we feel pain especially if you haven't done it for a long time or if you've had an injury or something it's mm. like oh <laughs> that's right it can be a real conflict with the, within the brain because I mean, pain is there as a, like a warning or yeah. pain is our protector. So exactly. usually pain is telling us that something is not right. But mm. we, um, in order to, yeah, to build up our tolerance and our resilience, we need to go through a little bit of pain. But I mm. think that's where running is really good because I think that then um, once you sort of get through some of those painful runs and you think, oh, this is, this is actually okay, I've pulled up all right and I can go again the next day or the day after um then you're sort of you're not so fearful of pain because yeah. i think and we see it a lot you know in the physio world that people can become quite fearful of pain and so they're really backing off like you said we're used to comfort but i think having a bit of pain in training during exercise can help you um, build resilience physically and mentally for other challenges in life and i think yeah. that's a real positive with running and I I think it helped me I found it um I think I mean I might be I don't know it might be totally unrelated but I think it was very helpful when I went through labor having yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking oh I've done a marathon that was pretty painful <laughs> I think I can get through this because this is just like a marathon and in fact it was longer much much longer than a marathon exactly but, um, I think that that I really do think that yeah, running helps build that mental and physical resilience, which does mm. help you um, through other challenges. Yeah. I had, uh, I think I did, I already had all my children by the time I ran a marathon, but I think yeah. it was the other way around for me. I was like, I can have children. I can definitely I, run a marathon. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> the same conversation, but yeah. just the other way around. I think, yeah, that's good. I think there's a lot of connection there, isn't there? Because, you know, you go back for another child because you forget what the pain was like. It's similar to a marathon. Exactly. You go back for another marathon because you forget how, how it felt. It's so true. I know. We like the outcome, though. Yeah, we do. We like the outcome. Mostly. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about the children, not the marathon. The marathon's yeah. always fine. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, my not that my children will listen to this podcast, but who knows? Um, um, so, Sal, tell me a little bit more about your running. So, you do you run regularly by yourself? Do you run with friends? What does that look like? Your sort of everyday. Yeah, so I run um, with an amazing group of friends, a group of girls. We call we just sort of um, informally call ourselves the running girls or the running group. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it's just a group of friends that is, has just grown over time. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got about thirteen of us, and generally we meet Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and sometimes on the weekend for longer run. And there's always sort of options. Some people will come and go. Some people will. Um, maybe take off or have a different plan or but mostly we we all get together and Friday tends to be our social run where we'll have a coffee after so it's quite good because it keeps us accountable Um, it helps with um, even goal setting so someone might say oh I think I'd like to do this marathon and then there seems to be this sort of always happens this positive peer pressure even though you said you you might have someone might have said I'm never running another marathon oh maybe I will and so it's (laughs) it's really good positive peer pressure they're all every every girl is very very inspiring I get yeah I think we all inspire each other and it's amazing how it's just grown so when I first came to Tassie um I I remember I was uh treating a patient um she was about my age and we started talking about running and doing, and we were both fairly new to Tassie. And so we decided that we'd just meet um, of a morning, uh, three, a few times a week, and we'd just do a walk run and we sort of just kept that going. And then someone else came along and then it just sort of grew over the years and we've kept that going with people coming and going and some people have gone into state, but we have a, a lovely little network where we just, um, we just run and we've done some amazing adventures together. A few of us did the gone nuts 100k and we all we all stayed together for the 101. whole 100k <laughs> you did <laughs> actually for us it was i think it was 103 because we no. actually got lost <laughs> in the middle of the night and we we are uh, we were off track we stayed on the road and we're supposed to be off the road mm. and um we ended up doing extra and it's not the time that you want to do any no. extra k's and I remember John had done the 50 and he rang us and he'd gone to sleep, woke up, said, rang up and said, where are you? And I explained where we were. This is in the middle of the night. We were at about maybe the 80K mark. And I explained where we were. He said, he went quiet and said, okay, um, I'll bring the car out. because so he was going to come out and just check how we were going. And he, he said, he broke the news very gently and said, well, you're going well. And um, you're heading in the right direction, but you're not on the right track. <laughs> and so he guided us with his car with the headlights on because we were, we were getting pretty delirious by that stage. And so he was guiding with headlights through all these trails and paddocks when we got to Wynyard where there were lots of little street turns and through yep. back streets. I think it's a bit different now. It's along the river. But um, he was great help to help us finish and actually find the finish line because we had no idea what we were doing. But anyway, we all got through together. And again, that was an amazing support um, for each of us to support each other and to get through that. And it just all of those experiences just tend to build your friendships and strengthen your friendships. That's shared experience, like you said. yeah exactly and if someone's feeling a bit flat there'll be someone else to help bring them up and then you might go through a flat spot and someone else is picked up and so that um that tends to happen just in even in the sort of regular runs too that you might have a flat week and then someone sort of perks you up a bit so yeah I find that's that's really great so I don't really I don't have it's not often that I'll run on my own, but when I do, that's that's nice as well. I mean, yeah. in my first marathon I trained, that was all on pretty well on my own, and um, and that was fine. But yeah, I, I enjoy running with people. It's really lovely, and occasionally it's nice to run on my own as well. Um, what time in the morning? Like, not what time? Is it morning or evening? Or what, to- what are yeah. the times? Do you? Run? Um, five forty-five a.m. <laughs> So, I was afraid you were going to say something like that. <laughs> quarter to six. We have been known if we've needed to fit in a long run, we have done some really stupid things and started at four or maybe even 
there might have been a time where we started at um, 3 or 3.30, but that was quite a long time ago. And you're a head torch um, people then? <laughs> yeah, definitely. We have great head torches, yeah, really um, necessary, vital piece of equipment. And do you find you're running on the road or in trails or a little bit of a mix? Like it seems yeah, so in the summer, of course, when it's lighter, we can you know, go anywhere. But in the winter, it does get a bit tedious. We'll stick to stick to the well lit areas and the and the roads, um, and generally, yeah, just stay where it's where it's much more light. Yeah. But in the summer, and certainly on the weekends, I um, have grown to really, really like trail running. In fact, I'm doing more trail running now. I'm finding that's easier on the body. Mm -hmm. too rather than pounding the road I find now a flat I don't know if I could actually run a flat marathon now I think my body wouldn't like it it likes the the variation yeah. and the variety and I, I really really enjoy the trails I love the Greens Beach Trail the Gone Nuts was great um the endorphin runs the um Freycinet yeah. and yeah. Um, that's yeah that's a beautiful run and we just had a run um a big run around the um Tasman Peninsula area and it's just I, I find yeah I do pull up much um much more comfortably after a trail run especially a hilly trail run is mm. really good and I think it's just the variety on the body that so, repetitive injury stuff we we're talking about before if you if your body's having to go up and down instead of just flat all the time it's changing its muscles that's yeah. using I suppose yeah <laughs> yeah definitely and I think marathons that have a little bit of um, variety of hills and rises I think that's um, a much better marathon to run personally mm. I find I find it is it might not be as quick but yeah. <laughs> I can cope with it uh, in saying that you mostly run with others I assume that means you don't listen to things or like have something in your ears very often so when not, you go running very... by yourself you don't listen to yeah, things more. sometimes I do yeah if I'm by myself I will so occasionally like if I'm away or if I'll miss um a group run or like when we were in lockdown um I would use um yeah sometimes I'll listen to music sometimes on the trail sometimes nothing just yeah. enjoy the you know the peace and the nature mm -hmm. um experience um sometimes podcasts just depends what what mood I'm in so I'm a real yeah lots of variety see just how I'm going mix it yeah mix yeah. it up depending on what I feel like yeah. I, I think I know the answer to this, but how do you head out the door on those days when you do not want to? For some reason, <laughs> you are tired, you know, the weather's just going to be not nice, which yeah. which I'm sure it happens at five something in the morning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh. Especially those those dark winters. Yeah. Um, how do you get so, out? And cold. Yeah. So I always leave my clothes out right yes. by the bathroom so I don't mm. wake others up. Mm -hmm. um you always leave them out always have a plan um have the alarm set obviously meeting people great mm -hmm. help and often I'll like, like the alarm will go off and I'll often have this debate in my head this conversation about come on get up I say, oh don't want to get up come on get up and and then I'll think to myself you know how good you feel afterwards and I and if I don't go I'll really regret it and yeah. I, I regret missing that opportunity but I also sometimes think okay when's your next sleep in or when's your next time to have a rest and like a that reward. actually helps yeah it's yeah. always like okay if you do this then you can sleep in you know Sunday or whatever day and so then I finally after all that turmoil I get up <laughs> <laughs> and that all happens in the space of about 30 seconds probably <laughs> sometimes longer <laughs> sometimes it might be five minutes but, yeah it's, but definitely having the um the gear out and people to meet is yeah. really really helpful so like the the effort of, of telling them so sorry I'm not coming is sometimes too much of an effort you know that letting people down when you have people to meet um, well that's right and then getting getting a ribbing when you, you next see them yes. as to why what was your why did you miss what was your excuse and <laughs> and then um yeah that accountability is really helpful so yeah, yeah if you can meet up with others it's it does make it easier I think so so what are you thinking about what kind of things do you think about when you're running you know when you get those moments where you know nobody's talking in your group or you're running by yourself you don't have to give us sort of details so what sort of things do you think about um yeah sometimes your mind just just wanders doesn't it um mm. sometimes it will be just um you know 
planning, what you're doing through the day, what you need to get done or um, reflecting, looking around, especially if you're on a trail, just appreciating the surroundings. Um, yeah. I really like to take that in and appreciate you know, where, really focusing on, on where you are, um, particularly, well, this time of year with lovely gardens and, and then being out you know, in the gorge or, or somewhere in, in lovely natural surroundings. Um, and sometimes, yeah, it's just, I guess it's just um, thinking about things in your life, mulling over things that um, you might be working on at the time, trying to solve a problem. But, yeah, I think the mind just wanders. When we're, when we're chatting and if we're not chatting about day-to-day -day things, it's amazing how we end up often talking about food. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but we, we often end up talking about food or cooking. But when I'm by myself, I, I would, I rarely think of that. <laughs> it's just that conversation that works best with friends. Yeah. <laughs> about food. Yeah, very strange. But, um, that, that is funny. Um, yeah. When do you think you called yourself a runner? Um, I think, um, I think when I, when I finished school and I, I, I kept running, I think, but when I kept running and I didn't really have to, and I just yeah. kept doing it. And I think then I thought, oh yeah, it must be, it must this be is something honest. I do. This is what I, yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah. And yeah. so how long do you think you'll run for? So you've um, run pretty well, much all your life. How long? As long, yeah. I think I, I have no plans to to stop running. So yeah. as long as I possibly can, and um, hopefully I can keep going. Um, and I guess I'm I'm in it. I feel like I'm I'm in it for the long haul. Like I look at yeah. older people running, and I find them very very inspiring when I see people at park run or. Um, you know other fun runs and I think oh that's that's so good or or I'll treat an older runner and I think you know that's just great I want to be able to keep doing that and you know it's so inspiring seeing these people continue um, so yeah I don't have plans to to stop I really would like to continue for as long as I possibly can it's, forever and ever <laughs> yeah very inspiring and I'm always mindful of that too so with in terms of trying to make sure that my yeah. body can keep going mm -hmm. so doing things like managing, you know, not, not overdoing it, but making sure that I can um, continue doing things like strength work as I've got older. I think that's really important and that's certainly helped. So I'm trying to sort of, um, I guess, invest in maintaining my, <laughs> my running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. what I found too, um, you know, a bit of strength work now pretty regularly a few times a week um, because of yeah. that, whether it's just as we get older, things break down a little bit more easily. <laughs> it's, we need oh, to strengthen yeah. everything around them, as you would know as being a physio. But, well, that's yeah. right. And we, we do actually lose muscle as we age, especially yeah. as with females. So it's really important to make the effort to, to yeah, strengthen and load those muscles so that we sort of um, counteract or mitigate those, those strength losses. Really important. Um, what kind of injuries have you had that have stopped you running for a little while? Yeah, so um, I've been pretty pretty lucky with injuries, really, mm -hmm. musculoskeletal injuries. I think I, I'm fortunate in, I guess, um, understanding the body. I can get onto things pretty early, yeah. and yeah. that's um, been helpful. So I've had a few that just nothing too major, little niggles or little injuries, hip or um, knee, um, that I've just managed and, and gradually got back or modified training mm -hmm. and, um, and that's been okay. I guess in terms of um, health or, or wellness, the thing that's um, stopped me in my tracks with running was um, late last year when I was diagnosed with breast cancer and that was quite a surprise. So um, that went on to then, luckily it was um, detected quite early just with the regular yeah. mammogram and ended up having surgery. When I went to see the surgeon, some people will relate to this. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, obviously I needed the surgery and I said, well, how long do I need to be off running? Um, and that would be two weeks. And I thought, oh, that means I'll have to miss the Lonnie 10 with that oh, um, no. surgery date. And I couldn't do that, Michelle, because I've got that streak. <laughs> I've got the, the Lonnie 10 streak that um, you might have, um, Michelle Timms has set this group up that realised how many people have yeah. run the Lonnie 10 and not and missed one. And Chris I'm part White of that. is there, is with, is yeah, with I'm you not, guys. 
I haven't missed one. So I thought, oh no, I'd break the streak. So I said to the surgeon, I think she was she was horrified. I said, would it matter if I delayed the surgery? Is it, is it, you know, how urgent is it in terms of it would mean delaying it probably? I think it was four weeks. Okay. And so um she agreed that I could do that because I said I'm more likely to behave if, I, if we can do that. So so I did the line 10, then had surgery. And then properly recovered rather than <laughs> And then I, I, I was good. Yeah, I didn't run um, for the two weeks. And that was hard. I actually, towards the end of the two weeks, I did try, but it was too uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so I, walk, I walked. But mm -hmm. so I got through that. And I must say that, yeah, again, having that support of the inspiring sort of running girls, that friendship group, where I could still meet them and walk a bit. Mm -hmm. And having that um, sort of fitness background, I think, helped my recovery. I did obviously miss running, got back into running, and then I had to go through um, as part of the treatment yep. early in the sort of uh, February the following year was um, the radiation therapy. So that was six weeks. And I could still run during the start of the radiation, probably the first four to five weeks, mm -hmm. and that really helped. But the last week I couldn't. I just couldn't um, with all the sort of various side effects, fatigue yeah. and skin and things like yeah. that. So, um, but it was really helpful to have running to, yeah, help me get through that as a, um, a source of, I guess, strength and some sort of normality as well. Um, and again, having that base of running, I think helped with um, having a little bit of resilience to get through that too mm. and I guess look forward to to getting back into running so each of the after the surgery and after radiation I had two weeks off mm -hmm. two weeks off after surgery two weeks off after radiation yeah and that's probably yeah the, the longest break I've had with absolutely no running wow. and um I'm pretty sure yeah oh maybe after, after children I've had yeah obviously the, the six weeks where you can't really run yeah. <laughs> but um that was you're too busy anyway to, yeah, to think adjusting. <laughs> as, as much about running but look I think and I say this to a lot of patients too when you when you're injured or unwell or you for some reason you can't run um it's it's really good if you can just focus on what you can do and not think about that. so much of what you can't do. And that I think reframe. because, yeah, exactly. I was, you know, obviously sad not to run, but I knew that it was hopefully I was going to get back to running. That was yeah. always the aim. But I was trying to focus on, okay, well, put your energy into rebuilding, getting well and, and walking. And, mm -hmm. and, yeah, and just having that, that friendship support and family support was, was um, just so helpful. And to be able to maybe keep connection with some of your running friends and, mm -hmm. and um, that was really helpful as well so that you, you might still meet them after for coffee but you mm -hmm. could actually have a sleep in yeah. or, or <laughs> just go off for a walk or something like that yeah beyond the physical obvious uh, physical benefits of getting back into running after your surgery and, and your radiation can you remember um, the mental what was going through your mind, like th that it helped you deal with, you know, um, no one wants to get a diagnosis of cancer in no matter what kind of cancer it is or anything like that. Um, can you remember if the running kind of helped even, I guess it sounds like you would have been running because you had to delay it to do the Launceston 10. So there was obviously <laughs> plenty of, um, of time to run even before the surgery where you, you'd had the diagnosis and, and had to deal with it because yeah, it's very challenging yeah. to deal with that sort of thing. How, do you think running helped you mentally yeah. to deal with it? Yeah, I do. I do. I think it helped me process it, um, whether I was running on my own or even just running with friends and, and yeah. you know, obviously they knew and telling them about it. And it does, it helps you just to have that time to, to process it and work it out through your yeah. mind. I think even delaying the surgery also actually helped me yeah. process it um, yeah. because I had more time. I know for some people it does, it can happen very quickly. Yes. And I think the other thing was to have a plan. Once you know that there's a plan and that it's, mm. you know, what's going on and when, um, and that you, well, you just, the more information you get, the better, obviously. And you know that we're very lucky to have um, access to treatment and access to um great uh, medical people and the, the 
the fact that we can have radiation because it was after obviously after COVID. I remember thinking, well, a lot of people in the UK, you know, can't access radiation treatment at the moment because wow. they're overrun with COVID. So we're yeah, we're fortunate that we can we can access all of that. Mm. Yeah, well, you you probably know Simon had cancer at the start of COVID as well. Although he didn't have the radiation treatment, he had to have an operation to have it removed. So have, like even being in the system um, during this COVID period um, has been very crazy for so many people. Um, yeah. Yeah, and some, yeah. some kind of challenging place we have found ourselves in. Um, but again, you know, that's how we, you know, dealt with it too, was to be, or helped us process this, was to get out and whether we were running or walking or whatever and often in nature to try and yeah. um, you know process what's going on and put it in the right place in your mind as well as in the world so how how does that work and how can we how do we get through this sort of thing absolutely yeah, yeah. I think as you said um, getting out in nature is yeah is a, a really good way to do it even if, if you, whether you're walking running we mm. in between the surgery and the radiation we um, went on a holiday to Flinders Island and that was a lovely oh, way to just sort of yeah process I guess part of the recovery and then um, moving on to the next phase of, of having the radiation was a really nice nice way to do it yeah. because we were just away and yeah lots of walking and enjoying the, the beautiful scenery and um, I can't remember even if I was running at that back I think I was back doing a little bit of running but not much it was mostly yeah. just walking yeah that recovery so now you're on the other side of that what kind of running goals do you have at the moment do you have any um, goals yeah, yeah, I always have some sort of running goal. <laughs> Something that drives um, you forward. <laughs> yeah, I have. I like setting goals. Um, so or I like having something to aim for. So I'm doing, I'm uh, signed up for Point to Pinnacle. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do that. Go up the hill. <laughs> um, just did the Ross Half Marathon. So oh, I was well pleased done. to be able to build back up to that. Yeah, and that's great. You know, for me, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, what's what time it is or it's just my main goal with a lot of these things is really just to enjoy it and to yeah. do enough training not to feel too too uncomfortable. So, so um, you're goal, you're a pretty goal-driven kind of person. Like some people want to go out and just run. Other people, um, they quite like having that race or that event to train for and that helps them do the training. Although I think you'd probably train anyway because of your, the friend group that you have as yeah. well. I would but I yeah I I definitely would yeah keep going but I love having I love I I just really enjoy taking part in events as well Mm. I like the atmosphere and just the um especially if the event is a bit more of a challenge so I think if I didn't have goals I would probably just keep to to the 10k so now and then it's nice to have something that sort of pushes you and I, I think I think since also since um having the breast cancer I think I I'm keen to do maybe try some bigger challenges just wow. to, I don't know, just to do them before, <laughs> while I can. <laughs> I guess it's a bit of a wake up thinking, well, if you want to do this, maybe you should think about doing it in the next couple of years. <laughs> I don't know. It's just. Um, it's like that sudden, you know, well, I'm in my 50s. How, how old are you, Sam? Yeah, I'm, um, oh, I have to think now. I'm 56. Okay, so, so just only a little bit older than me. But I just remember recently too, turning around and going, yeah. oh, gosh. I guess if some of those, because you, you always think, oh, I'll get round to that. Yeah. <laughs> and then you realise, oh, it's not that, you know, I'm only halfway through my life in my mind. But, yeah, if yeah. I, especially physically, if I want to do some of those physical challenges, which are a bit more beyond, you know, running a half marathon or a marathon, if I want to do something a bit more, then I need to think yeah. about that soonish. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think so. I think um, I'd like to, I don't know, I like, I like the look of some of those um ultra trail runs um in other states or other countries i have not um i have not run a marathon in another country i'd like to do an international marathon yeah i've done one in every state that was that was a goal and that was great um but i haven't done an international one i'd love to do a trail run in new zealand that would be really good because it's such beautiful countryside around there it is gorgeous Um, isn't it and they yeah. have some beautiful runs. Like you see some pictures of some of their runs and they're quite stunning. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, a few goals there. Um, yeah. Okay. So can I ask you a purely physio question? Um, and it is, what is the most common running injury that you have seen in your career? 
coming through your door. What a, how do runners mostly hurt themselves? <laughs> Some repetitive thing. Um, so the most common I would have to say would be, particularly for distance runners, is Achilles tendinopathy, I'd have to say that. So obviously sprinters will be different. Sprinters, most common would be hamstring. Okay. Um, we would see, but not to say, you know, there's obviously a big mix, but that would be the most common. Yeah. And then, yeah, most common Achilles tendinopathy, um, knee pain, patella, yeah. under the patella, and um, bone stress, bone stress reaction or stress fracture. Oh, yep. there you go. I was just Pure, and then, purely yeah, interested. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there's like, obviously there's a whole heap. There's hamstring tendinopathies oh. and yeah, all sorts. Yeah. But yeah, I think we most commonly would see Achilles. Yeah, is that mostly when they're older? Like, seems to be as people get older. I was talking yeah. to a doctor about it. Like, it they, it shrinks or something. And if we don't do things, that's or yeah. some version of that. That was not a very good discussion. Yeah, yeah <laughs> it gets a bit. Gets a bit. Um, I don't like this word much, but it gets a bit degenerative. So Ooh. it changes. So yeah. instead of, say, a nice sort of thick um, woven rope, mm -hmm. it might have a few little, tiny little holes in it. And that doesn't mean it loses its function, but it means that it um, might, especially if we add too much load, it can become a bit reactive. And so it's really, that's where I was saying it's, we've, we've sort of realised through research over a number of years that, it's very much load related. So if we, tendons really don't like change. So if we go and change something, we go and run you know, 30K and it's a lot of hills in it, then the tendons that are most exposed to that load and often with hills, it will be Achilles, will react and, and just, just not like that. So you have to be a bit sneaky and really build up the load gradually so that the tendons don't, don't protest. But, and that's more as we, definitely more as we get older. And if we've had a history of any, sort of tendon problems it can recur so calf strengthening is really important for anyone who has had a little bit calf strengthening with weight mm -hmm. so it's not enough our body weight's not enough we need to hop, put a backpack on or hold a hand okay. weight add a few kilos um, onto um, our back so that we're doing single leg calf raises and that can be that can be quite protective um, wow. so yeah it's um okay. everybody uh, needs to stand up right now and get a backpack <laughs> on and yep. start doing yes. single left car, car yep. raises. But, but not 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 hundreds we've got to be no because yeah. then you'll also <laughs> overload it slowly yeah yeah so we've got a sneaky I, I love that description that sneaky like i'm imagining i'm sneaking up on my achilles and just slowly yeah. increasing yeah. the load that's right that's how i picture it yeah so we've got to be a bit sneaky with our training and just <laughs> Yeah, surprise it, but um, or not, not, yeah, no, it doesn't like surprises. We have to be <laughs> sneaky and just gradual, Softly so it just something. doesn't realize it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, can you tell me how do you think running has improved your life? The one thing that you think running has improved your life that if you didn't have running in your life, you'd really miss this thing. Can you think of? Ooh, um... I had to have one thing. I think the one thing might be um, just uh, coping ability, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Ability to cope cope with things. Resilience yeah. you're talking about earlier. Yeah, resilience yeah. and um, coping with things in a less stressful way. So, yeah, if I, if I could use two words, I would say yeah. um, calmness, calmness and resilience. And I guess sometimes they, they sort of go together. They do. But, um, yeah. Most people I ask that question are not able to stick to one thing. It's quite, yeah. quite amazing. <laughs> they come up because, and I, it's just I mean, really, there's so many things when you ask that question, all these things come into my mind, like yeah. health and, you know, um, yeah. being able to fit into your clothes and being able to enjoy food without feeling guilty, yeah. all those other things. But to me, the yeah, more important than that is, is that, that sort of calmness that comes with it and, and ability. Ability to cope, yeah, mm. with, with life, I guess. Mm. We, yeah. we, we often say um, in our, our group that we run with that we probably save a fortune on um, therapy bills exactly. because, we, <laughs> because we, we really um, find it's, it's just such a help, you know, mentally that we, um, yeah, we, we're able to deal with things. <laughs> yeah. We might, we might have needed extra help otherwise. <laughs> and you've got each other as well. They, 
Like yeah. a lot of people that um, I've talked to have said, well, yes, I, you know, I started running because I, from X, Y, Z, you know, they started as an adult, they wanted to lose weight or they had a goal to run a marathon or something. But the reason I kept running and I'm still running now is because of the friends I made and the people that I run with. And so it becomes, and that's really important for our mental health that we develop those community and relationships with people around us yeah as well yeah, so. that's right yep. yeah and i think launceston has just such a great running community you go yeah. for a run and you'll see see someone else running and give them a wave or, mm -hmm. or you go to an event or things like that and you're always catching up with people i mean as as you know it's um yeah it's a great a really good running community in launceston mm. it is i think i don't know um well we've also mused about this where the park run has really helped running i know there was plenty of us running before park run but it seems to have really kind of exploded and, you know, people mm. have come out of the woodwork and it's made it more accessible perhaps yeah. and for people to get started and join yeah. running communities that, that suit them. And um, which yeah. is, I, I assume that's happening all over the world, wherever Parkrun is, yeah. not just in Launceston. Yeah, it's, it's been an amazing, yeah, amazing benefit for so many communities and people. I know I have a lot of patients who mm. either walk or run Parkrun and they, they didn't run before. I've got a really good friend who who I met through um, oh, 26 years ago through our baby group. She never did any exercise and she um, did the couch to 5K and now loves park run and can't imagine not running through her life. And it's just, and the first time I had actually had a run with her after knowing her for years, and I said, I can't believe I'm actually having a run with you. Oh. This is such a good, such a great thing. So it's um it's really lovely to see people take it up and yeah. to make it a part of their life. It's really yeah. such a positive thing, Parkrun. That gave me goosebumps. <laughs> you know that you know your friend that you had for so long, and then you yeah. were able to go for a run with her, and it was just to, to be able to share that. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that's, that's awesome. Good fun. So, Sal, is there anything about running that we have not covered that you would like to share before we finish up? Oh, gosh, we've talked about a lot of things, haven't yeah, we? Um, in and out of lots of things. Um, I don't think there's anything. Um, I can't think of anything else. I think, um, yeah, I think for people to keep, be able to keep running, um, thinking sort of from my, my physio point of view too, yeah. is, is to try and keep, if you want to keep running, try and keep it consistent. So don't don't stop and start because that's where it is hard to get back into and the body doesn't like that. So like I was saying, talking about change before yeah. and, and tendons, it's the same with bones. But I think if you can keep some sort of consistency, then that's really helpful because it becomes a habit, but it also is um, easier for your body to handle. So you're yeah. not changing it up. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I don't think there's anything else. Awesome. Can I ask you then this last question, which is, mm -hmm. do you have any tips for beginner runners or I guess people who haven't run for a long time so that they start running and keep running? Like you said, that consistency. So it's yeah. just a flash in the pan. Yep. So I think that um, we've probably talked talked quite a bit about some, some of the things that I would suggest. So for a beginner runner, yeah, if you can find, find a friend um, start who also would like to run, start with a walk run so don't feel like you have to just keep running if you feel like stopping just walk and then run again that works really well um, and don't um, don't be fearful of a little bit of pain a little bit of a niggle um, but remember the traffic light system and yeah try and build it up gradually certainly don't if you're starting don't try and run every day but try and let your body recover and um, yeah, try and keep it consistent, make it um, a part, help it become a habit. And if you can run you know, every second or third day and um, make it easy for yourself by planning, getting your clothes out, mm -hmm. just the easier you can make it happen, um, it's the more likely it is to happen. So if you can follow some of those tips, I think um, hopefully you'll be able to start running and keep running. For the rest of your life, just like yes. Sal and I. <laughs> that's what we plan don't we michelle we do we're planning that um yeah. all right stay on because i'll say goodbye to you off the recording as well but i did want to thank you for sharing your valuable time and expertise with us i really appreciate it 
Um, it's been amazing and very inspiring because Sal was, again, one of those people who said, I don't have anything exciting to talk about. People won't be that interested. But I beg to differ. It's been an amazing conversation and I do appreciate your time. So thank you, Sal. Thanks, Michelle. It's been fun. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. So send me a message on Facebook or on the website and let's do it. For a bunch of resources on mindful running that will help you get and stay mentally and physically fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe now so that you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you'd leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running. I'll see you soon. Bye.